Stop seeing your part as the essential part. Stop defining what you do as, this is how my dream will come true. It is not how your dream will come true. You are mere mortal as far as your physical manifestation. Jumbo fellow adventurer, it's Mike Dooley here to remind you of how powerful you are and how much you deserve by sharing spiritual tune-ups. These are live broadcasts Monday through Friday, each lasting five to 15 minutes where I answer viewers' questions, bringing lofty metaphysical concepts down to earth for your immediate traction. You were born to succeed. You are pushed on to greatness every single day. Your positive thoughts are at least 10,000 times more powerful than your negative thoughts. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy a week's worth of spiritual tune-ups. Jumbo fellow adventurers, happy Monday. Time for a spiritual tune-up. Today's a great question. Uh, thanks so much for the many who have asked it. In particular, somebody last week said, Mike, I'm struggling with the stay busy part. If you've watched some of these spiritual tune-ups before, you know that I advocate showing up, showing up, even if it's down the least of your sucky paths. Stay in the game, be available, uh, and you shall become a lightning rod to divine intervention because you're showing up. But how do you balance that busy, busy, busy with joy and happiness and all that good jest? Here it is. And then I've got a couple of metaphors for you. Stop staying busy to hit the home run. Stop seeing your part as the essential part. Stop defining what you do as, this is how my dream will come true. It is not how your dream will come true. You are mere mortal as far as your physical manifestation. And as far as your physical manifestation, you will never be able to make your dreams come true just for the clay that you are. Yet, your beingness is as if a magic wand. If you show up understanding your role, and realizing that your showing up enables the universe to enter your affairs. Prepare to be astounded. This is what I liken it to. Imagine a sailing vessel. You can take that beautiful 200 tons of fiberglass to any port of call in the world. But your job, your important job, is to hoist the sails. Now, if you misunderstood your role and you thought hoisting your sails would take you to Bali baby or Tahiti Bora Bora, you'd be in for a rude awakening because moments after hoisting those sails, you have not moved one inch. You're still in the same place. Today looks like yesterday. Oh crap, I must be self-sabotaging with invisible limiting beliefs. You do your part so that the universe can do her part. She will fill your sails with her unfailing winds and take you to any port of call that your heart desires if and when you do your part. And of course, patience. How do you endure patience when you're sailing across the Pacific? 
You enjoy the ocean. You enjoy the journey. You count your blessings while you count the stars at night. OMG, you wound up in paradise. It doesn't get any better than this. Thoughts become things. You want Bora Bora and you're on your way. But if you think you've got to paddle and you've got to fill those sails with your, your own breath, it's going to be overwhelming, daunting. You're going to be looking over your shoulder. You're going to be wondering, am I doing it right? And you're going to miss paradise. So look at it like this. You're not the home run hitter, okay? You are the pitcher. You throw the ball. This is kind of a baseball metaphor, except in this metaphor, the pitcher and the batter are on the same team. Okay, stretch your mind a little bit here. You've been thinking, because you saw the secret, the law of attraction, your thoughts become things, that now you're the home run hitter. You can do all things. And while that is true from certain perspectives, the mere physical mortal you with the tiny little human brain is not going to do a whole lot other than learn how to engage the magic and the magic will do all the heavy lifting for you. Stop seeing yourself as the home run hitter. You pitch the ball and you keep on pitching. So your pitching is seen as the baby steps. Your pitching is your busyness. Now, if every time you threw that ball, you're like, this is going to be it. I told all my friends, I quit my day job. Every The weight of the world is on your shoulders. You're going to be so freaked out that you're not going to pitch it as well as you could have. And there's not going to be a hit. Okay, but if you realize you doing your part will eventually enable the universe to do her part at the right time with all of your other 60,000 thoughts in balance, navigating in and around your invisible limiting beliefs, taking into account your other big dreams, taking into account the dreams of those you love and the world becoming a better place, suddenly the universe has to spin a lot of plates to make your dream come true. And the universe will, so long as you pitch the ball. So you pitch the ball with a glad heart. You pitch the ball because that home run's coming. You pitch the ball and love your life. You pitch the ball. Dang, pitching is so much fun in paradise. And with that attitude, and because you continue pitching the ball, the right one at the right time will be smacked with so much love right out of the ballpark. Oh my God, you will go down in history as legend. Okay, because you knew your part. You were pitching the ball. You were showing up. You were hoisting your sails and you chilled. You enjoyed it. You didn't pitch balls you didn't want to pitch. You took a few days off when you wanted some downtime, when you wanted some sleep in time, when you wanted to be massively unproductive for a couple of weeks. You did that. You gave that to yourself. And then you were able to go out there and pitch and dance and waltz and the universe joined you. So the busyness can be overwhelming when you see your part as how your dreams will come true. Too much pressure. Your part is to enjoy your life. Your part is to go out into the sunshine. Your part is to love and be loved. Not sitting on the couch with a the, with the vision board, but out dancing with the world after you were sitting on the couch with a, with a vision board. And then the magic rushes into your life unfailingly taking you to higher, better places than you could have even imagined to begin with.
Jumbo, fellow adventurers, Mike Dooley here to remind you that your thoughts become things. Time for a spiritual tune-up. Today's question, healing our inner child, subconscious programs, self-sabotaging, invisible limiting beliefs. Mike, do we need to heal the inner child or is all of that nonsense? For those of us who didn't have the greatest childhoods, are we doomed to repeat self-sabotaging patterns unless we do deep work? Or can we let it go easily? If so, how? All right, good news. The cards are stacked in your favor as they have always been. It is not nearly as daunting as you think. And this question, do you have to heal the inner child? Do you have to unwind subconscious programming or discover invisible limiting beliefs? It's not a yes or a no question. In these sacred jungles of time and space, there is truth or there is confusion. Full stop. That's it. And as we move to truth, as we understand who we really are, the eyes and the ears of God Almighty come alive in the dream of life, everything gets easier. Abundance is showered upon us. Friendships, laughter, clarity, health, healing, rejuvenation, sobriety, whatever it is that you could possibly dream of is added to you in volumes unimaginable. This is what the truth has to offer. This is the biblical quote, um, seek first the kingdom of heaven and all else will be added unto you. Seek first to know the truth that you're alive in a heaven on earth, that you have these supernatural powers of focus. Your thoughts become things, your words give you wings. No matter where you are, in a moment, on a dime, you can change the direction of your entire life. You can change your fortunes. You can be born again to truth. There is only truth and confusion. So now let's talk about navigating because indeed it can be a little tricky. It can be overwhelming and daunting. You can feel utterly, totally lost and my heart bleeds. Look at what's going on in the world, the craziness, the confusion, the lies, the desperation, the death, and the illness. Yeah, it can be so easy. The question, will it be easy or easier for you? Easier than being lost in the turmoil you now find yourself. Okay, so the normal approach, and it might be the best approach for many, is to do the inner work. It doesn't have to be so daunting. It doesn't have to be mind numbing. You're not looking for a needle in the haystack. There's nothing in the subconscious mind that the conscious mind doesn't have total access to. The conscious mind put it there, okay? So it's not like this mysterious, mysterious things and you really need a, a therapist and a psychiatrist. Those are great resources. And if you can have access to a therapist or a psychiatrist, I would say go there, do it. Um, all the help, the better. All hands on deck. Your happiness is at stake, or seemingly so. But don't, don't let that slow you down from doing some introspection. Don't let that stop you from going to where you feel awkward, to where things don't seem to work, to where you don't want to get up off the couch and face the world or see another person again. Go to those places of discomfort. And right there, 
this, this is, I talk about invisible limiting beliefs. They're invisible. All of our beliefs are invisible, but their consequences are not. Invisible limiting beliefs are just confusion, thinking that something is so when it's really just your opinion. Okay, the consequences of thinking something is so is all over in your life. So go to the consequences. Go to the discomfort. Go there when you feel dis disillusioned. Go there when you feel depressed. Ask why. Why in this bastion of order am I down and out? Why in this world filled with loving hearts am I afraid to see another stranger look them in the eye? Go and connect the dots in the moment you find truth. In the moment you see how you tricked yourself. And that doesn't mean you weren't justified in feeling the pain and wanting to avoid the world. You were justified. It was awful. But salvation is worth the poke. So go there. And in the moment that you have your enlightenment, two things will happen. Either emotion will pour through you tears, joy, maybe laughter, and you will immediately feel a buoyancy and a lightness and you will not be stoppable. You will want to go out into the world again. You can do this. It's within you. You wouldn't be here if you didn't have the tools. You wouldn't be facing what you're now facing if immediately on the other side of it, there wasn't this salvation that you have total access to. Now, what I want to do to wrap this up is give you the shortcut. All right, maybe the best for last. The shortcut to moving through inner childhood drama, the shortcut through subconscious programming and tackling invisible limiting self-sabotaging beliefs. Every day and every moment of every day. This is going to take, this is going to be a new skill. Be led by joy. Be led by by joy. Where do you want to go? What do you want to do? Who do you want to see? And more and more, as you combine that with action, okay, be led by joy. Doesn't mean sit on the couch and find happiness. That does not mean be happy where you are. Be led into the world, surrounded by people, by joy. It's so there. Now you may feel just very disconnected. You may have messed with the shoulds and the hows and be so desensitized given the trauma that you may well have gone through. It's like joy. I just want to survive another effing day. What would it be like if you knew what you wanted to do? What might that be if you knew what it was? Would it be a little bit of sunshine? Would it be hiding out in the back patio? Would it be just incrementally get yourself out? Would it be befriending animals? Would it be uh, being of service or helping somebody go through what you've been through? Would it be, you have to answer that question. But as you are physically led by joy, out the front door, all important, incrementally, it'll get easier. Incrementally, you will find your way. And then you're going to stub your toe. You're going to feel awkward. You're going to be like, oh, there's that feeling again. I knew it. I knew it. There's something wrong. It's my inner child. It's blah, blah. That's when you seize the moment. That's when you start doing the self-reflection. So my two approaches, 
Do the inner work right now. You've got it within you. Go to what's awkward. The shortcut, just start living your life right now. Be led by joy to any degree you can. Fake it if you have to. Let it be tiny joy, not big joy. Maybe that's too hard to imagine. Just you know, see a sunrise, stay up all night, sleep all day, do some weird little things, shake your inner witness. It's not going to be the same anymore. Change your patterns. And as you're led by joy, that awkwardness is going to show up. It's going to pinch you. It's going to scare you. It's going to rattle your cage. And then you've got your tip. Then you've got the lead. Why do I feel that? What am I dealing with? These moments of discomfort will go away if you face them. And it's not unraveling a mysterious program that's decades old buried within your subconscious mind. It's right there on the surface. You're afraid that person's going to lie to you. You're afraid somebody's going to do something awful to you. Face it. Hold it up to the truth. You live in a world of order where everything is unfolding in the palm of God's hand. So how could it be that this world is so awful when you know the greater truth? Yes, somebody was awful. Yes, you stubbed your toe. Yes, you felt, fell and hurt yourself. But there is salvation and it is more glowing and radiant and promising than you can possibly imagine right now. So go out in the world, be led by joy. When you feel that prick of discomfort, go within, explore, invite it in. It's like, welcome, dear friend. Tell me what you've got to share with me. Share with me what I haven't been seeing. Share with me what's plain as day if I now pay attention and you shall be restored. Fellow adventurers, it's easy. It's easier than not dealing with it. Okay, it's not always easy. It's difficult. But when you get through it, you're going to be like, dang, that was easy. That didn't take long. That was fast. Hallelujah. Thank God I went through it. I'll never have to go back there again. It's worth it. You can do it. Jumbo, fellow adventurers, Mike Dooley, and it's time for a spiritual tune-up where I answer your questions. Post them daily on Facebook or Instagram. They could be my talking point real soon. Yeah, if you didn't see the headline yet, um, I'm going to go to this hot potato, hot button item to get vaccinated or not. I wasn't going to go there until somebody asked, and somebody did finally ask. And uh, hey, we shouldn't be afraid to, to speak our minds or share our truths when uh, approached and all sides have uh, validity. So I don't want you to prejudge. Let me finish my little um, explanation before you decide to throw potatoes at me. Um, and I might say that I hope to surprise both sides of this equation to vax or not to vax. Given the coronavirus, the pandemic, social distancing and the upheaval that um, it and the fear of it have created worldwide. <clears throat> there are two camps pretty distinctly and both state that the other camp is being driven by fear. There's the camp that says, can't you trust your amazing, miraculous physical body to be Teflon to such things as a virus? Um, don't, do you feel vulnerable to nature? that you have to go and get some man-made vaccine injected into your system. And the other side is um, actually afraid of big government, 
conspiracy theories, uh, Bill Gates being tracked, being labeled. Basically, one group is afraid of the, the virus. The other group is afraid of being manipulated by people. And both have truth in the history of humanity. So both definitely warrant some respect. Let me approach first the fear of the virus and whether or not, or the, the fear of the vaccine, the fear of the vaccine and whether or not it's worthy of being afraid of. Uh, I speak and teach in a metaphysical environment uh, and anybody who is fluent in spiritualese will find this passage I'm about to read from you, one of my favorite books, Vision by Ken Carey, is pretty much standard fare for understanding uh, the body's resistance or vulnerability to viruses and germs. Disease is not caused by germs, toxins, viruses, excessive radioactivity, microbes, bacteria, or by any other physical agent. Such things are ever present. Thousands of them pass daily through every healthy human body. Such agents are only destructive when they do not pass through the human body, but are retained instead. And that begs the question, what would prevent these viruses, germs, radioactivity, etc., from passing through a healthy human body? And the answer is a belief in your vulnerability or confusion pertaining to to certain worldviews, personal views, life is, God is, fill in your opinion there, any views that contradict truth, and truth is absolute, it does exist, it's the same for everyone, there's only God, we're all powerful, life is beautiful, etc. When we have a, an opinion in contradiction to truth, like there's not enough time in the day, oh, wait a minute, time's an illusion and we're eternal beings, there's enough time in the day. When we have conflicts like that, we bog down and we become vulnerable and susceptible to germs and viruses and the like. So, while the body is supernatural and greater than any virus could, could ever hope to penetrate, we have a unknown levels of vulnerability based on our invisible limiting beliefs. And so what is the approach to life of most of us who are, who are practiced in spiritualese, who see the beauty, the magnificence, and know of the order and perfection, yet you don't know exactly what your confusion and invisible limiting beliefs are, and you keep arguing with your partner about the same stupid thing, and you, know, you go in these circles. So yeah, you're there, you're awakened, but you're not enlightened, and you keep stubbing your toe. When this is the case, which is pretty much how it is for almost everybody in the world today, you simply play both ends to the middle, all right? You, you go to your conventional doctor, even though that speaks of a vulnerability that doesn't really exist, and you generally try to be a good patient. I want you all to do that. But you also do some creative visualization. You also work with affirmations. You also keep steeped in metaphysical truths and books that talk about the miracle and the beauty and the power innate in all of us. You, you might do some inner research, inner reflecting. You might do some journaling to, to untie the knots of confusion that keep you 
stubbing your toe and falling down. So play both ends to the middle. A perfect example, because your life is dictated by your thoughts and beliefs alone, you are not vulnerable to random accidents, right? But yet you get in your car and generally you wear your seatbelt, right? Now, wait a minute. Wearing a seatbelt is a physical demonstration that says I could be a statistic. Anything could happen to bad things happen to good people. Um, I want to just take all precautions, even though it is a negative declaration of your vulnerability. It is still a great idea to wear your seatbelt. This way you cover every base and you're not going to be susceptible to some invisible limiting belief that people are jerks and they drive like morons and I could be a statistic. Hey, that's going to end you up in a car accident. Maybe if those are your invisible limiting beliefs and you don't know it, you could be setting yourself up for a car accident. And the way to prevent that as negative as it is to somebody enlightened is to wear your safety belt when you're driving a car. The same thing for health insurance in a country well, there's not many anymore in a country where it is optional and variable and some people have health insurance and some people don't. And so they're totally not covered. Look, while viruses cannot infect a perfectly healthy body whose beliefs are in total alignment with truth, what if one of your beliefs is a little bit out of alignment with truth? What if you've got a lot of anger and resentment and guilt going on? You could be landing yourself some major heavy duty ailments that could cost millions of dollars to undo. So get some health insurance, even though that is a physical demonstration that you are weak, that you are not living in truth, that you are vulnerable, and that cancer or AIDS or some other thing could just blindside you and take you down. Get the health insurance anyway. If you live in a country, not many left, where it's not mandated or covered automatically for you, which has been historically the case in the United States. Wear your seatbelt, buy health insurance, but also immerse yourself in truth all the time. Play both ends to the middle using logic, using brains, using intellect, and using your intuitive heart. So now let's talk about the fear of government. The fear of Bill Gates tracking your DNA to manipulate you into... Uh, giving him more money? Why would Bill Gates do that? I mean, the guy's already one of the richest human beings on earth, right? But, but there's this thought out there and many conspiracy theories. There's a place for conspiracy theories, don't get me wrong. But there's also a place for scrutiny and holding them up to the light of truth and reasonableness and logic and, and intuition. So what, the idea that there's these conspiracy theories or an evil government... Again, let me share what all in spiritual circles base their life's view on. That we are all of God, by God, pure God. That every single human being is doing their level best to be a good human being. As my mom would say, sometimes it's a pretty poor best. And sometimes people fall down in a pretty big way. They're really confused. They're really terrified. And you get an Adolf Hitler or some other atrocious human being who has done hideous, despicable things. But overall, by and large, we can see it in the cooperation amongst nations. We can see it in the cooperation amongst traffic. We can see it in the co cooperation amongst industry and consumers and retailers and everything. P 
People cooperate. People want to do well. People want to take the high road. Everybody wants to take the high road. And it's just the extremely confused that take the high road through violent means. But they are such a rarity. But they do exist. So if, if we begin our talk about trusting government with the premise that people generally mean well, and we recognize that this conversation right now is happening in the Western world. It's not happening in Venezuela. What an amazing nation filled with amazing people. This is not against Venezuela. It's perhaps against the leadership and the decades of ruin that they've brought to that great, amazing country. But this conversation now is happening in the Western world where we do have, by and large, free governments, where we do have, by and large, transparency, where we do have um, integrity, where we do not have politicians deciding who gets what, when, and where for the most part. In fact, there's no country on earth, to my knowledge, that is mandated by law its citizens get a vaccine. Certainly not the United States, although different political parties are, are threatening that other parties are going to march you there and make you get a vaccine or else. This is, this is hocus pocus baloney. There is no nation I'm aware of, certainly not in the Western world, that is mandating by law that every citizen get an injection. Just does not exist, has not happened. Okay, so who makes these decisions that run the countries of the free world? When it comes to medicine, it is the doctors. People with long storied medical school tenure and who have risen to the top of their field, scientific as it is, absent a lot of heart and deeper spiritual meaning, still extremely effective at creating um, solutions and remedies and suggestions and advice. At least they ask us to be healthy, eat well, and exercise, right? Um, so it's these people with proven track records from the finest schools and best educations and illuminous track records in the medical career that followed schooling that are advising us statistically of their knowledge and a wealth of scientific information. Scientific information can be fallible, but generally to the degree that it comes to making vaccines, it's pretty bulletproof. They're the ones making these decisions and telling us what to do. Yet to believe that there are corporations that are so greedy that they're collaborating with government leaders. Look, neither corporate leaders nor political leaders, in the United States at least, are any good at keeping a secret. They're, they're absolute idiots when it comes to keeping a secret. They cannot hide their marital, extramarital affairs. They cannot hide their drug use. They cannot hide their alcoholism. They cannot hide the disaster they have otherwise made of their life. Do you think that they could carry on and get independent corporations that have different boards of directors and different shareholders and collude with the Rothschilds and the Rockefellers to continue. They already control so much of the world financially. Do you think they're trying to get a few more billion trillion dollars? Does that make any sense? Do you think they could keep that secret? It's so totally irrational and insane almost to think, I didn't mean to get this strong, but to think that these big entities are out there asking you to take injections that are completely untested so that they can modify your DNA and um, 
and do what? I don't know what you could possibly think that they're doing. It is, uh, it's fantasy island. It is really not anchored in any kind of logical or passionate or heartfelt um, evidence that there could be conspiracies of such a sweeping nature that every country on the earth has seen the horrific dire consequences of COVID-19. Look at India today. I mean, this is not a fake conspiracy. This is not the flu. Is it survivable? Extremely. Is it is it way worse than the flu? Absolutely. So what science has shown, not governments, what science has shown is that chances of you getting a vaccine of any kind, is certainly in the Western world, and becoming damaged is infinitesimal compared to the damage COVID has been wreaking on otherwise, in many cases, healthy human beings. And when you look at people who are at risk, it's even more devastating. Yes, a vaccine could kill you. It could be total poison. You might argue, as many conspiracy theorists do, that um, they didn't do the proper clinical tests. Already a billion people have been vaccinated. A billion, 150 million in the United States. And all the science shows from the most esteemed academic circles and practicing physicians that it is tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of times safer to get a vaccine and take your risks there than to bring on COVID and take your chances there. So just look at the science, follow your heart, play both ends to the middle. I'm not telling you to get the vaccine. Do whatever you want to do. It's all good. We're playing out this adventure in the heart of God right now, in the palm of God's hand. You're a gladiator of ancient, magnificent proportions. You're here to thrive. You are invulnerable if you believe you're invulnerable. Um, but I would urge you to consider all that I've shared. Uh, and don't just use my advice. You know, go to CNN, go to Fox, go to Go to wherever you want to go, um, but, but try not to be so afraid. And look how you can mitigate that fear, perhaps by playing both ends to the middle um, and thereby, perhaps, if you will, cooperating in a world where we're all trying to do our best and we all want to go back into the sunshine and live as normally uh, and socially um, as possible. Jumbo, fellow adventurers, Mike Dooley, time for a spiritual tune-up. Thank you, everyone, for the insightful comments, sharing, patience, and tolerance displayed yesterday when we spoke uh, about vaccinations, coronavirus, etc. All right, so let's do a reset. Let's change uh, the temperature setting here and go to something a little more, uh, a little less uh, divisive. Uh, which doesn't mean don't go to those places. Uh, I'm glad I went there. Uh, and thanks again for your indulgence. But um, let's talk about something else. Okay, balancing acceptance with deliberate manifesting. Last month, um, April 17th, I think, I talked about surrender versus giving up. 
okay? And this talk is to supplement that talk. Surrendering to the beauty of what is. Let me fully read the question to you. Mike, Ram Dass was a social activist, yet always claiming things were the way they should be. Ah, personally, how do we balance acceptance, accepting God's beautiful world, with our own desires for deliberate creation? And how do we balance least resistance with affecting outcomes in the world? I mean, live and let live. How do we balance least resistance and not sound as if we have no empathy or compassion? Pretty intellectual question, if you ask me, and I appreciate it very much. I'll see if I can live up to it. Uh, several things going on right here, uh, and one of which is the presumption that these are mutually exclusive ideas. Uh, acceptance, surrender, setting goals and living deliberately, creating consciously. These are not mutually exclusive when you apply them to their proper areas. For example, you surely have read or heard of the serenity prayer. Let me read it to you. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. Courage to change the things I can. And wisdom to know the difference. So there are some things to surrender to, to accept, like the past, like the present, and like how your dreams will come true in the future. But there's a variable here missing, and that is your dreams in the future. When it comes to your dreams in the future, there's no such thing as acceptance. There's only recognition because you being of God, by God, pure God, have this natural bubbling over of desire. It's this beautiful gift that keeps you going. Don't put off your happiness for the satiation of desire. That's the problem with desire. Um, and that's why it's, that's why often Eastern religions try to stomp out desire because it's the root of unhappiness because people are postponing their happiness for the fruition of their desire. But it's quite possible to be happy in the journey because you're accepting the beautiful world you live in. There's things you want to change. You create a new picture here. You march falling in love and in love with the world and suddenly, lo and behold, because of your marching and not deviating on your dream, then the physical world around you will mirror what you were earlier just thinking about. There's another dynamic here as well. And again, I've, I've touched on this in some earlier tune-ups, but the idea of God's desire versus your own. Oh, go with God. God knows. God's got it in control. Let go. Let God. Oh, well, who are you? But the eyes and the ears of God Almighty come alive in the dream of life. You're not here to be a couch potato. You're not here just to be a fly on the wall. My gosh, you are God's greatest choice to be alive now. You are who God most, most wanted to be of all infinite possibilities in every realm, dimension, plane, planet, above ground, underground, flying through the air. You are who God most wanted to be. And it didn't, it, she, what didn't want to be you so that you could just humbly be in awe of the rest of God. I mean, God's got that covered, okay? God's in love with God. 
Um, that's a quote I got recently out of the Hermetica, a really cool book by Gandhi and Freck. Um, but, but God wanted to come alive in this, these sacred jungles of time and space, these illusionary jungles that seem so real, that seem to be on autopilot, so that God could experience her creation from within. So the baton has been passed, although that too implies there's a God there and a God here. It's like, it's all one. You are God waking up inside the dream, inside the heart of God, so that from here, you can decide to get it on and go left, go right, um, live in the Northern Hemisphere, live in the Southern Hemisphere, practice jujitsu, jump out of perfectly good airplanes, read a book, listen to music, meditate on the grass, go sneeing, skiing in the snow. You decide that. That's your job. That's your responsibility. And to ensure you would do it, you are perpetually and always uplifted and infused, if you will. Excuse the implication to space, which is illusionary. You are infused with desire so that you will always be in the state of perpetual, unending growth and bliss and glory. So, to sit on the sidelines and just be like, God's got it under control. You know, I'm just going to be a good little doobie and put the needs of others before my own. That was not the point. Although even that is your own selfish desire. So go for it. All right. Even the desire to sit on the sidelines and to totally surrender is conscious creation. Do you see the irony here? There's no such thing as abdication. You can abdicate as all day long, but your abdication of desire, of yearning, of growth, of glory, is your desire. It is your dream. It is your creation, your co-creation. So play whatever word games you want, but I would recommend honoring the beat of the drummer within. It's God-given. It's God itself. It's God come alive as you are to explore this bastion of perfection floating through the cosmos. No contradiction between acceptance of the past and the present and of how your dreams will come true versus choosing your dreams and holding that vision in your head and then dancing towards it with baby steps and on the way falling in love, being in love, enjoying the journey. Thoughts become things and happy Friday. I'm Mike Dooley. Time for a spiritual tune-up. Okay, there's a lot of questions I've been getting that show a confusion between the wows and the hows. Particularly, Mike, how long do I stick with how? How long do I pursue a wow before I move on to something else? Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. So let's do something really simple here. Let me give you a little memorable one-liner, two-liners, that will hopefully help you stick with this distinction and be able to call back the rationale that makes it so. The rationale I will share afterwards. Never compromise on the wows. Never compromise your wows. Always compromise the hows. Compromise on how you get to your wow. The wow is your dream. The wow is the end result. 
the wow, as I always reiterate, ought to be generally stated broad brush joy, financial abundance, opulence, uh, health, recovery, friendships, laughter, creatively, passionately fulfilled in life. Those are the wows. And we know that what we really want, every single person alive, is greater happiness. That's the ultimate wow. Let that be your guiding light. More joy. Don't think you're going to get more joy and be broke. More joy, but no love life. The universe knows when you say joy, it's like all of the cylinders need to be firing. You don't even have to say money. You don't even have to say health. True rocking joy, woohoo, when you visualize, implies that everything else is working out in your life. You don't have to say, I want joy and a, a hot date. I want joy and enough money to, to live on my terms. I want joy and get rid of the pain in my left thumb. You don't have to say that stuff. Joy is the ultimate end result, but you can parse it down into creative fulfillment, a rocking career, wealth and abundance, friends and laughter. Go ahead, those are broad brush. What we do too often, well, let me back up. So the question I'm getting a lot of is how long should I pursue a dream until I change tracks to another dream? Well, if your dream is joy, you're never going to change tracks. It's really simple. If your dream is rocking financial abundance to always for the rest of your life, be able to walk into any store and never have to ask how much you're never going to change that goal. If your dream is just vitality and, um, youthful energy and amazing good looks. When do you ever change that? So to anybody asking, when do I let go of a dream or when do I move on to something else? Or when do I let, you're actually asking me about hows, but you think you're asking me about wows. I want wealth and abundance. How am I going to do it? I don't know. I'll write a book. Oprah will love it. I'll live happily ever after. Now, instead of wealth and abundance, friends and laughter, you're like, I got to write that book. I'm going to write the book. The universe loves me. My thoughts become things. All things are possible. I will write the book. You're carrying the weight of the world on your shoulders. Meanwhile, the universe is like, well, you're a damn good artist and you're a super, pe you're a super people manager. You have so many skills and traits. I know a lot of ways to get you a rocking, joyful, abundant life, but you're, you're pegged on your little narrow view of how you're going to do it. It's going to be a book that Oprah loves. You don't even like reading, right? You've never written anything in your life, right? But now you've got a, you're saddling your whole life's dream with the responsibility of, I got to write a book so my life can take off. You're not going to write well under duress. It can be done. Okay. But it's not going to be a fun, easy path. You don't even like writing. You don't even like reading. So don't trick yourself and, and level down from the wows by attaching to a how and then call your how a dream. I'll write a book and I'll work in human resources and I'll take out my easel and paints and I'm going to follow my heart and I'm going to go where I may and I'm, I'm open to all possibilities, but the ones that I'm going to work on, I'm still going to paint. I'm still going to take the job. Maybe I'll still write the book, still do these things but leave the door open for even better. Don't 
saddle yourself with insistence and thereby close the door to all other possible ways that you could get to that dreamed of life. So do you see the, the equation is broken? When do I let go of a dream? When do I change focus to another dream? Never if they're properly defined wows. Now you could say, well, writing a book and writing uh, or, or, or launching a business that, you know, moves me into global domination. That's totally wow. Yeah, but it's not a great end result. Launching your business uh, or all the other hows will be fun and exciting if you enjoy the underlying nature of the work, but don't attach them to the bigger factor of joy. So always, all right, never compromise on the wows, always compromise on the hows. And then it's easy going. You can enjoy the journey. You don't put off your happiness. You can be happy now as you move towards even greater wows than the wow you're now living in. Well, there you have it, fellow adventurer. Thanks for listening to this most recent installment of Spiritual Tune-Ups. If you enjoyed this podcast, please take a few seconds to rate it on the podcast service you're using right now. It makes a big difference in helping more people find us. And of course, if you want daily reminders of life's magic and your power, please sign up at tut.com for my free Notes from the Universe emails. Tally ho!